Well, look, turmoil was a word I didn't think we'd have to use for a while after the grand final decision was reversed. But nonetheless, let's have a chat. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Peak A-League podcast. I'm your host, Gerald. It's certainly been a while, uh, and it was kind of time for the podcast to come back anyway with the holiday period sort of wrapping up. I mean, I've been back at work for two weeks, which is probably more so why I haven't done it because I've been so busy with all of that. But um, yeah, it was keen to come back this week anyway, and uh, obviously Unite Round happened, and then we had, in the last 24 hours, even more stuff on top of it all, which makes this probably a much more interesting uh, controversial sort of episode. There's a lot to talk about. Um, but before we get into the obvious and the and the cuts at the APL and the shutdown of Keep Up, um, I'm just going to go through Unite Round first uh, in terms of the results. It doesn't really matter. Um, Western had a draw, three all. Um, they looked really good throughout the game. Like Obviously went 1-0 up early, um, had heaps of shots, couldn't convert a second one um, for a while, then came from behind. And then a goal for Davila in the 90th minute, pretty much, which there was a handball in the build-up. It didn't get caught, whatever. It's sort of been one of those seasons. For Western, they've gotten unlucky on a couple of occasions and points have been dropped as a result. But um, like I said, they had so many chances and if they were good enough to win the game, they still would have. So uh, disappointing to, to not get two points there for them um, and for me. But um, yeah, I don't know. They're... Um, just struggling, struggling to win, but playing a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. So the loss to City was narrow, now a draw. So um, they've got a, an extra week off this week because uh, they couldn't find a place to play their home game against Adelaide. Um, so a little bit of a break for Western United. And um, hopefully that sees them play a bit better in the second half of the season. They're only 12 games into, what, 26-game season. So, or 27-game season. I'm asking the wrong person, to be honest. But um, yeah, they've got a long way to go in this season. So anything can happen. But uh, seven points after 12 games is not a record anyone uh, is desiring. But um, other than that, Melbourne City lost to Western Sydney at Combank Stadium. I mean, personally, for me, I guess they had to try and maximize crowds where they could. But did you really have to let Western Sydney play at Combank? Couldn't they have played like Allianz and then Sydney could have played there? But whatever. Uh, Central Coast and Victory had a one-all draw. Adelaide beat Sydney 4-3. Uh, a hat-trick for Ibasuki there as well, I believe it was. And Aaron Quinter got on the score sheet too. Um, and then Brisbane Raw 3, Newcastle 2, Perth 3, Wellington 4. Uh, so some really good football across the weekend. We had WhatsApp, uh, <laughs> 28 goals, I think. I've just done some really quick maths in six games of football. Really exciting. Unfortunately, the masses didn't really turn out for it. Um, I think there was 11,000 at Allianz, 7,000 at Comic. I mean, that's less than what Western Sydney get in a regular um, match, which is quite staggering. And I hate to talk about crowds for too long, but I, I really, at first, was thinking, why is that the case? How have they got less to this thing where they could have also come and watched a second game on a Friday night than what they do on a hot Sunday afternoon? They, they get 10,000 this season. They've been actually getting some pretty solid crowds, Western Sydney. And the thing is, members of the clubs, whether home or away or you know geographically or on the, on the score sheet, had Melbourne City as the home team, Wanderers is the away. Regardless, you had to buy a, a new ticket to get into this game. And I guess this was a way to generate some money and all of that, but like probably got a few thousand people just going, well, I'm not turning up for to, to pay for another game when I can just watch it at home. We've got more home games coming up. And I think a lot of people didn't come because 
it's been Christmas, it's been New Year's, it's school holidays, parents are probably already spending heaps of money and you've sort of locked out the members by going, you've got to spend $35 or whatever it was on another team, maybe $20 for GA or whatever, but active supporters had to buy a new ticket in the active section, I think it's 30, 35 bucks at least. So um, just a bit stupid and I think that's one thing for next year. All members of any club should be able to go free at least to their game, but why not all? Because... You let people in for free, they're probably going to have a couple of beers or a soft drink or whatever, eat a meal, maybe buy some merch. Like, money will get spent. Whereas if you don't let them in and they decide not to go and spend 30 bucks on a ticket, you make no money. And I think we clearly saw that on the weekend, a lot of people deciding not to rock up. Um, it just, yeah, was a little bit baffling to me. Um, it's such an inclusive event that, that members didn't get any sort of entitlement. I don't know if there was discounted tickets or anything. Obviously, I didn't look into buying one myself but I did see a few people complain about the prices of games uh, and all of that so look, I think you saw some neutrals of the New South Wales clubs come and watch an extra couple of games travel wise I think this is where it was a huge failure I had a, a poll on Twitter asking if people thought uh, United Run was a success or a failure it got 650 votes it was 55% fail 45% success and I think a lot of those success people are people that went because it seems like pretty much anybody that did go uh, had a great time, right? And that's awesome, but it's not really designed to to give three hundred people. I'm sure there's more people outside of my Twitter that um that uh you know went to it as well. But um, I, like I just I feel as though like the whole reason was to get lots and lots of fans over there. Look at the magic ground in the NRL. Look at especially the gather around in the AFL, how many people went to Adelaide last year. Um, it was sort of catered to get people traveling and people didn't really. There might have been 50 Brisbane fans, 100 Adelaide fans, 10 Western United fans, a handful of Melbourne City fans, a decent cohort of Victory fans. But just really no more than and in a lot of cases, less than what those clubs would take already to another away day. Like Adelaide, Victory, Wellington, they're all pretty well supported away uh, in terms of they'll, they'll get those 50, 100, 200 people coming to the games, depending on where they are and when they are, but normally have a pretty good away contingency. Um, and I didn't think we saw any, we didn't see any packed away bears. Um, MacArthur barely travelled um, to Combank to watch the game against Western United. Um, I think Newcastle we saw as well a very very small crowd uh, to their game at uh, Allianz Stadium so in that regard in terms of the actual people attending it it was a fail um, the quality of football was great that's probably where the where it sort of stopped though like they got lucky that people that the players sort of turned it on there was a bunch of good goals there was a lot of goals as well um, so a bit of entertainment for people watching it but commercially, I just feel like it completely fell down. There wasn't um, any, didn't seem like opportunities to go and meet the players and get signatures and stuff. I mean, surely the players would have been there all weekend. Like Western United and all those clubs played on Friday, could have been out there signing autographs on Saturday, could have been at the games. You know, why not? Like um, I heard the ultra football event with the content creators um, was a bit of a flop, but there was no one really there. There wasn't really much incentive to be there other than to watch 10 unfit guys running around kicking a ball. Um, like, yeah, it felt a little bit lazy. It felt a little bit like they just sort of, I mean, it, look, no one actually wanted this deal to begin with. Obviously it was a makeover for the grand final decision. It was something to give to the people, uh, of destination, New South Wales and New South Wales government to sort of appease them a bit. Um, and I think 
when the whole grand final decision happened, everyone said, oh, why wouldn't you do a magic round? Or, you know, that would have been heaps better and everyone would have gone. But then when push came to shove and people had to order their flights and book their accommodation, I think people didn't really put their money where their mouth was. So that's on the public and the fans, but also it's probably on a lack of marketing. Um, and yeah, a lack of things going on other than football in what was supposed to be this big festival of football. I didn't see a whole lot of entertainment. Um, didn't see a lot of discounted flights or accommodation, travel packages, that sort of thing. Any incentive for, for the a fan of like a fanatic of their own team to travel into state to watch it rather than any other away day. And I think I'd probably much rather go to an away. I'd rather go to Adelaide away than play Adelaide away in Sydney. If you, I mean, they played Sydney FC, but that's just an example. I'd much rather go to a team's home stadium rather than come out to Sydney uh, and watch it. And yeah, I think I think clearly most other people were in the same boat. So um, there's another year left on the deal initially, and then we'll see where it goes. But after one year, like a, a lot of people said on Twitter, and I agree, it gets a pass mark due to the quick sort of turnaround that it had. Now we know the lack of budget that they probably had for it for their marketing and all that sort of thing the layoffs who knows and i mean if these people didn't just find out today like we did that they were losing their jobs lack of motivation among the staffs probably being present then for the last little while so there's a lot of factors but i thought yeah it was not advertised super super well and we see the result of that uh with forty-eight thousand across the whole weekend hold 12 men's and women's games um and I don't even know if that that number was double counting people that went to like the first game of the day and the second game on a double header. I don't know, but anyway, um, that's that's sort of the 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 little my my thoughts on it all, I guess. And like I said, next year tickets need to be free. There needs to be cheaper traveling, um, even if there's a if that's buses for fans. You know, get the club store organize a couple. And probably the other thing, you look at the games that we had on the weekend. Um, the best one was probably Adelaide and Sydney in terms of where the teams are positioned. Or probably Wanderers and Melbourne Victory, uh, Melbourne City. But no blockbuster um, fixture. Why not? Because we're not in the era anymore where any derby sells out, truly sells out. At least not the Sydney derby. Why not play that at Allianz, get the 30,000 that would already go and let all the traveling fans come and experience a Sydney derby? Because that's something for me as an Australian football fan that I'd love to tick off the bucket list. Um, and if I'm like, great, I can go watch my team and I can go watch a Sydney Derby all in the same weekend, I think that would be really, really cool. And like I said, yeah, if twenty, if, if 45,000 or however many Alliance um, fills will uh, hold, sorry, was already getting filled by Wanderers and Sydney fans, don't do that. But because we're having problems with filling out the big games anyway, I just think, yeah, however many people were there that weren't from Sydney originally, I'm not sure, but would have been good to have them in the crowd and let them experience a, a massive game like that. I feel like it did lack that really big... Um, sort of big, big game, um, whether that be between two big clubs or two really good teams. And that's not really their fault because fixturing was done earlier. But uh, yeah, I think um, plenty to improve on, but it wasn't all bad. Like I said, it seems like everyone had a great time. And if more people got behind it next year, which could be done by offering cheaper tickets, offering free tickets to the games um, and a bit more incentive to travel there, then we could see this become a really, really good event. But uh, yeah, I think it gets probably a four out of 10 for me, now, the other thing, obviously, to talk about here is that half of the APL's workforce was made redundant. Um, originally, some people were saying 75%. Was it Ray Gatt that broke the story today? It might have been, but Vince Regara came out with a proper story on the Sydney Morning Herald. I think Joey Lynch had one later on at ESPN as well um, with a lot more details about everything that's going on. Um, Vince said that there was close to 50% of the 80 workers at the APL losing their jobs this week um, or have already lost them. Um, in the last little while and 
Um, it means as well that Keep Up will be closed down. Um, and for those of you who haven't really looked into it much, they've got an A-League's website and they've got the Keep Up website, which has all the, the same articles from the A-League, but also has stuff about Aussies abroad um, in the you know all the different leagues, including women's league, coaches, coaching abroad, all of that stuff. Um, and last year, it sort of had international stuff as well. And I went on to have a look today because I made a tweet saying generic Premier League articles on Keep Up were never going to increase the fan base of the A-League, right? Like it was just, a, a for me, a really poor idea from the start to try and create this one-stop shop football website for football fans. It was sort of like bring the Euro snobs in by, they come to Keep Up to read their international news, then they also look at the A-League stuff. I understand it in theory, but I think in practice, clearly it didn't work. Um, but they haven't even been doing the international stuff this season. So that suggests to me that some layoffs might have already begun before or, you know, there was there were less had less staff and therefore couldn't do that work because it's probably a, a little bit less relevant. I mean, you can read a Premier League match report on a thousand different websites. We don't need that on our official Australian website. It's just irrelevant, counterproductive. You know, let's focus on what we've got, not on what the rest of the world has because that's always been the problem with trying to attract fans in the first place. So that, that never really made sense to me. We obviously also saw this season the A-League's all-access program go from a 20-minute video, which was like interviews, background video, and then a, an awesome match day sort of experience video to just being that pre-game stuff, like interviews um, and a little bit of training footage. So the budget was clearly cut right back. I mean, it did seem almost too good to be true last year. The production value was insane. They were really, really good to watch last season, um, especially if you know someone from your team or a player you really liked. They were extremely great, uh, captivating little mini documentaries to watch. But this season, they just felt half finished, you know, because we got such a good thing last year, and then this year we were robbed of it a little bit. Um, and I guess that should have been a sign for us uh, that there was some problems um, arising. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, you hate to pin it all on Danny Townsend, but it seems like this was his sort of baby, the whole keep up thing, and it didn't work. I'm sure there was yes men all around him and other executives studying it and saying, yep, this is a good idea. So there's probably going to have to be other people to, to fall on the sword a little bit for it. Maybe those are some of the people that have been let go of. I don't, you know, they haven't said specifically what departments have been um, downsized or gotten rid of completely. You imagine a lot of it is like the content creator, social media side of things, which is a massive shame. Um, but again, it's sort of like that thing of all of those Premier League articles. That was someone's job to write those. But how many people were really reading them? That's not the journalist's fault. That was the job they were hired to do. But definitely the fault of the people making the website, making up the idea of what was going to go on there, being a little bit tone deaf, not really understanding their audience and what they were actually supposed to be doing. Um, so yeah, $30 million down the drain. You think of all the other things that $30 million could have gone to, infrastructure, advertising, players, you know, it's it's really disappointing that that Silver Lake money that gave them, what, two-thirds of the rights of our league has just sort of been pissed down the drain a little bit. I think it's not all being used on that, but um, clearly not in a great place financially at the moment, the league, to be having to let go of so many staff. Um, the other thing is obviously Perth and Newcastle, still not under any real ownership. The Jets are owned by a bunch of clubs in the league. Um, and Perth are owned by some receivers. So apparently both are pretty close to sale, which would be great. We saw Oli Bazanic talk on social media yesterday after being released from Perth saying that, unfortunately, it wasn't up to him. It wasn't up to the people higher up in the club. They just don't have the financial means at the moment to make signings. They can't really make any signings. So they're losing players, not bringing anyone in. They sit 11th on the table, just one point off the bottom at the moment, really not looking good 
uh, for them. And uh, the other thing we read in this article from Vince Regari is that it's likely that Canberra will also be joining the league from next season. And we haven't even heard anything about that. We don't know who their owner is. <laughs> There's no means for them to join the league yet, but apparently it's coming. So... I don't know. It's um, yeah. It's a sad day to see so many people losing their jobs because, like a lot of people are saying online, it's probably not those people at the very top earning the big bucks that have lost their jobs. It's probably the smaller people, um, in a sense, fighting the good fight, whether it be on social media or something else they're doing behind the scenes. But people that really care about the game are the ones at you know copying it here. Um, I haven't reached out to a couple of journalists that I know that I know that um are at the APL and sort of tried to touch base with them on whether or not they've kept their jobs, haven't heard anything as of yet. Or, you know, if they have, um, they're probably just keeping on the DL. And if they have, haven't been able to keep their job and they have lost it, they're probably not in the mood to chat. So that's completely understandable. But I tried to uh, put my arm around a couple of people that I know that, that are probably in a pretty tough way at the minute if they have lost their jobs. And they're young people, you know, young journalists that have just come through the ranks. It's pretty um, shocking for myself as someone who obviously just coming into the game as well and um you know, i've been speaking to other people that i went to uni with or just have known through um this platform and that sort of thing and everyone's feeling a little bit rattled today by the news because um so many jobs that seem secure and that people work so hard to get have just been you know slashed um effectively in half or you know all together for a lot of those people who will now be having to look for more work and you know <laughs> for football writers in australia it's gonna be pretty hard to go to a different publication and go, hey, I was let go of by the league. Have you guys got any work going? Do you want to put in more coverage for Australian football? Because why would anybody want to extend their current coverage of Australian football when the league themselves are shutting down their own social media platform, their app, their website, uh, and getting rid of a bunch of stuff? It's a really bad look, um, and it's a massive shame. Like I said in the intro, the turmoil word that we speak about was would have been used a lot around the country in December last year when the grand final decision happened, um, and it felt like we were out of the woods a little bit. The, uh, the Unite round wasn't as successful as people would have hoped, but probably about as, as successful as people would have expected, at least, or I would have expected. I really didn't think a lot of people were going to travel for it. Um, but it was his first go. It was short t- a short-term notice. Like We can give a lot of excuses and hope that next year's better, but now this, on top of it all, um, is really, really quite poor. So, um, yeah, it's been a rough week uh, for the A-League. Western United having the game postponed. Now, look, they could have had Amy Park. It's just because the Australian Open was on and the Melbourne Parks Trust Fund thing didn't want to uh, host the game. Um, but that also means that now two home games on the 27th of Jan and the 3rd of Feb are being moved to Tasmania. We saw a tweet that a Western Sydney fan group had already booked their flights over because the game's in 11 days' time. Uh, and now who knows what they're going to have to do, cancel their flights, whatever, get over to Tassie or just stay home now probably and watch it. I'm sure they've got a bit of a bad taste in their mouths. But that's another example of poorly handled, um, you know, fixturing and poor by Western United and the APL as a whole. And you can say, oh, well, you know, they like it was short notice. They didn't know. that. That's why they didn't communicate it. But you have to know closer to two weeks out that you don't have a home. I mean... I don't know exactly when everything happened with the stadium to, to realize that they weren't going to have it ready by Jan because it seemed like last year, especially conversations I'd had, that it was going to be ready by Jan. Um, the stadium's pretty much good to go. There's no road to get into the into the ground. It's gravel at the moment. I've spoken about this on the podcast earlier uh, in the season. Um, and uh, look, I'm sure the date now is, is hopefully mid-Feb uh, where they play Newcastle Jets on the 17th. That's got to be the aim. Um, it's a month. It's still a quick turnaround, but um, yeah got to get the wheels in motion but I just think knowing the Australian Open was on Amy Park wasn't going to be a reserve option 
Um, how did they not plan better for this? And the fact that now Adelaide also has to miss out on a game. Western has to miss out on a game. Um, I think, to be honest, it should have been held at Cooper Stadium if they could have held it. There's no reason for Adelaide to be punished uh, and Western to be rewarded for not having a stadium. I, I'm pretty disappointed as a Western United fan. Uh, but I also don't understand why like George Cross couldn't host it. If it's a broadcast issue, they let the women play there. So I, I really don't understand it. In terms of size, it fits 3,000 people. Western United hasn't cracked that crowd on a lot of occasions this season, so that wouldn't be the issue either. Um, it's frustrating as a Western United fan, but more so as an A-League fan, um, to see this continue to happen. They just have to get in there. Uh, you know, I'm one of the hopeful people, not the ones that's saying that they're cooked and they're not going to get it open, because I know they will. The money's there. We saw a great announcement a couple of weeks ago about the funding uh, from an overseas investor and that they'll get it done but it's just about the matter of when now and it needs to be soon it needs to be this season uh, because people need to see oh west united's got five thousand fans coming to games they've got a stadium they've got a training base and now they can push on so um yeah that's that's the last little bit for this episode a lot going on poorly at the moment a little bit right it's all on the pitch the, the football's been great i mean seriously Pena's picked up his best the young guys are back Aaron kunda scored on the weekend um so there's plenty going well but yeah it's um from the outside looking in it's pretty rough at the moment uh yeah anyway hope you guys enjoyed this episode it was just a bit of a rant but i'm gonna be back to weekly episodes from now on um i've actually been watching so much a league and just haven't had a chance to talk about it It sucks whereas last season i was making an episode every week and was barely watching the games but anyway um yeah all the best guys enjoy the football this weekend uh i won't because my team's not playing but uh yeah stay safe and i'll see you guys next time